We've been working our way through a teaching series here at church on uh, sayings that people live by and uh, this morning we've come to our last saying and we're looking at the idea that as long as you're happy, that's the main thing. You heard that one before? I have heard it plenty of times. Both the exact words and the general idea that as long as you're happy, that's what matters. And it is easy to see the appeal of it, isn't it? Happiness is good. I mean, who wants to be sad? Who wants trouble and grief to seep into their lives? If someone does want those things, we'd, we'd say there was something wrong with them. So, of course, we don't want to be sick. Of course, we don't want conflict at work. Of course, we want our families to get along. Happiness and enjoyment, we would much rather those things. This is a no-brainer. And this resonates with us not just because we prefer happiness... There is a deep and profound truth to this. God made us to be happy. So in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, the opening chapters of the Bible, we read of God creating all things and everything was good. And he put um, the man that he had made into a garden and he gives him every good gift to enjoy. So up on the screen, here are these uh, words from Genesis chapter 2 and uh, from verse 8. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So God put the man in the garden and he gave him everything. You know, trees and fruit and food to enjoy in abundance. He even gave him the tree of life. But even with all of this, it wasn't quite perfect. And so God made it perfect. But how? How would you make this idyllic situation even better? Well, it's very obvious, isn't it? You put a woman in there. Because women make things perfect. So in verse 18 we read, The Lord God said, It's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. And from here, God makes woman and she makes everything perfect. And so by the end of Genesis chapter 2, we've got God having made all the world. And and at the centre of his creation is the man and the woman, and he's given them everything good for their enjoyment. They didn't have to try and be happy. They didn't have to pursue happiness. Life just was happy. Woven into the very fabric of our being is the ability to be happy. Written into the longings of our hearts is the desire to be happy. Our happiness is high on God's agenda. It's what he wants for us. And so when we hear, as long as you're happy, that's the main thing. We warm to it. We feel it. We long for it. We were made for it. But what exactly do people mean by as long as you're happy, that's the main thing? What are people wishing for us? What are they saying to us? when they say this well I think most people simply mean that as you make your decisions your top priority not your only priority but your top priority is whatever makes you happy and so you've got to factor that in to whatever you're doing now there might be other considerations sure other things to think through but at the top of the list is what makes you happy that's the main thing so for example you might be in a dead-end job you know, frustrated by your boss, uh, colleagues that rub you up the wrong way, you're complaining to your friend about it, 
You're telling them that you're thinking of quitting and getting a different job. And so your friend says, do it. Because as long as you're happy, that's the main thing. Uh, Catherine and I received this advice when we were thinking of moving town. Uh, back when we were first married, we were living down in the Riverina. Uh, I was a school teacher. I was thinking through whether to quit my job and see if I could do a ministry apprenticeship. So, you know, like you've got an apprentice plumber, I was thinking of becoming an apprentice minister. Uh, and to do this, we needed to move towns. And so we talked to people from our church about it. And amongst other things, some of the advice we got was, well, as long as you're happy, that's the main thing. So sure, go and do the ministry traineeship because you've got to be happy. Now, we did end up doing it, not because it made us happy, but that's how people viewed what we were doing because they just assumed that's how you think about it, as long as you're happy. And I think that's how most people use this saying, that as you make decisions, your top priority is that you're happy. That's the main thing. Now, is there anything wrong with that? Because as we saw from Genesis, happiness is good. I guess the question is, is it that good? Is your happiness so good, so essential, so important that we would make it our top priority? Well, let's see what Jesus has to say about it. And you might find what he says a little surprising. Because Jesus does urge people to be happy. The Bible affirms that being happy is good. But God has a very different view about what should make us happy. And that's what happiness is like, isn't it? There's always something that makes you happy. You know, so it's the joke that makes you laugh. It's the good news that makes you smile. Happiness comes to you when you're able to enjoy good circumstances. And as we see, Jesus will say that he wants us to be happy. But his take on the kinds of things that should make us happy, well, might come as a bit of a surprise. So in Matthew chapter 5 that Sarah just read for us, Jesus says, blessed are the people who are like this and blessed are the people who are like this and like this. And the word for blessed means to be happy because you're enjoying good circumstances. So as I read again from Matthew chapter 5, look for what Jesus says should make us happy. What are his good circumstances that produce true happiness? Matthew chapter 5 Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Now, I've got to say, if I was writing this list, I think it would look a little different. You know, my good circumstances that result in happiness might read a little bit more like, blessed are the winners of the lottery, for theirs will be the riches of this world. Blessed are the athletic, for theirs shall be the spoils of victory. Blessed are the good-looking, for others will like them. Not according to Jesus. Here's his favourable circumstances that he says brings happiness. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. If you want true happiness, according to Jesus, you will need to embrace brokenness and humility, acknowledging your sin and your failing before God. 
because those are the people who will receive the kingdom of God in eternal life. Those are the people who will know the comfort of God, the forgiveness of their sins. And Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted and insulted. Seriously, what is going on here? If you're persecuted and insulted because of Jesus, he says you're blessed. They're the happy ones. Because those people who take their stand as followers of Christ are the ones who will be welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. It is the joy and the delight of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and knowing that in him you have eternal life. They are the truly happy ones. And you treasure the Lord Jesus so much that you are willing to accept the brokenness and persecution that will come for his sake. The things that this world considers weak and painful, you will take them on board because you treasure Christ. Now, this is completely upside down to the way our world thinks, isn't it? You may even be sitting there thinking, this is crazy. I cannot live like this. And if you're sitting there thinking that, then I think you've understood Jesus. He is saying, don't go chasing after the world's selfish version of happiness as your main thing. Instead, live for him because he is what life is about. The Lord Jesus is the only one who can bring you into his kingdom. He is the main thing. So how does all of this intersect with our saying for today? You know, that as long as you're happy, that's the main thing. Well, as I said, I think people talk like this as a way of describing their decision-making, that as you make decisions, your top priority is that you are happy. And this kind of happiness is typically being happy now, isn't it? It's the kind of happiness that is instant. It's giving you pleasure now. It's, It's a very instant kind of happiness. It's about doing whatever you need to do now in order to feel good. And this kind of happiness, well, you can only really have it if, if you're healthy, enjoying life, and getting what you want. That is not the kind of happiness Jesus is talking about. It's not the happiness he's offering. He's talking about a much richer, deeper happiness that comes from knowing God and living for him and being sure of eternal life. And so as a follower of Jesus, we don't make our decisions based on what can make me happy now. We make our decisions based on living for Christ because in him we're already happy. What does this look like on the ground? How does this get played out in our lives? Well, you make decisions every day, don't you? Some big, some small. Uh, You made a decision to come here to church this morning. Now, if the only thing driving that decision is what makes you happy now, well, that may work. You might feel happy for a bit and so you'll keep coming to church, but it might not work. That instant kind of happiness may be robbed from you. Someone may say something that you don't like. We might read a bit of the Bible that you find offensive. So will you come back? Well, if your decision is being driven by your desire for instant happiness, well then, no, I don't think you will be back. But if your decision is based on living for Christ and the eternal happiness that's found in him, it could be a very different story. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus repeatedly appeals to the future happiness of life in God's kingdom for why we would live for him now. He says, blessed are the people who are the ones who will receive the kingdom of heaven. 
According to Jesus, we should give up on the instant happiness of this world in order to live for Christ and the eternal future happiness of his kingdom. Because Jesus knows that what he has in store is so good, you shouldn't settle for anything less. It is all a little bit like coffee. My brother Dave loves coffee. Now, there is instant coffee, you know, straight out of the tin, ready in a second. Dave used to drink that. But then there's brewed coffee, barista style, roasted, cooked, steamed, percolated, plunged. If I've got any of that wrong, it's because I don't drink coffee. (laughs) It takes a bit of time to prepare and to brew it just right. It's more of an art than a science, I'm told. Dave's got his own machine, hand-picks his own beans, roasts his own beans. And once you've had a real coffee, Dave says... You wouldn't go back to the instant stuff. It's not worth it. Why? Why would you settle for mud when you could have a real coffee? Jesus says, why would you settle for instant happiness when you can have his true happiness that lasts forever? In the book of Revelation, we're giving a glimpse into the eternal kingdom of heaven that God will one day bring in. We're given a peek into what eternal life will look like. It's a life we don't deserve. It's very clear. But because Christ died for our sins, God can have us live with him forever. And when he brings in his kingdom, his new creation, it's going to be a world where happiness reigns. So listen to these words from Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he will live with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. This is true happiness. God's promise is that all the pain and the hurt and the tears of this life, they will Vanish. God will eradicate them. In the kingdom of heaven, there'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. So let me tell you about Craig. Craig's got depression. And for him, this means that he feels no pleasure at all in life. It doesn't matter what happens, nothing's good. And so for Craig, everything feels hopeless. And he feels like he will never, ever feel good again. And this all just eats into his own perception of himself. And so he feels like a failure. He feels absolutely worthless. Craig is profoundly, deeply sad all the time. And he can't see how that will ever change. Let me tell you about Joanne. Joanne had an accident when she was younger and now she's in chronic pain for the rest of her life. The doctors, the physios, the chiros, 
the massage therapists, they have done everything they can. Joanne has tried them all in her desperate attempts to get the pain to go away, but everyone ends up saying the same thing. We're sorry. We can't do anything for you. So she's heavily medicated, which does her head in. Always feeling groggy, can't think straight. And you can't take the medication all the time, and so at least part of every day she's in agony waiting for when she can take her next lot of pills. She can't spend much time out with people because before too long she's just got to lie down, and so she she spends most of her days at home on her own. It's not a life-threatening condition, and so barring accident or tragedy, this is what her life will be like for the next 40 or so years. Then there's Terry. He goes to church week in, week out, looks like the solid Christian. He has a smile. He always remembers everybody's name. Everybody thinks Terry's going strong in his following of Jesus, but he's not. It was only a couple of years ago his dad died. Everyone just assumes he's over it, but he's not. And it's not just that he misses his dad. He feels really angry at God that his dad died. He's he's cried out to God, but it always feels like there's no answer. That there's this brick wall between him and God. His prayers just seem to bounce off the ceiling. Terry feels like God's abandoned him. Terry's wondering if God's there. Terry's wondering if God cares. And I could go on, couldn't I? What if I was to tell you, tell your story? Because in this room, we've got people hurting. We might not know it, but scratch beneath the surface, there is pain all over the place. Relationship difficulties, financial burdens, anxiety over loved ones, work stresses, suicidal thoughts, the constant wrestling of our sinful natures, the fear of death, the anger of being betrayed, the unresolved fights. In this life, in this world, death and mourning and crying and pain are everywhere. And into our lives of hurt, one of the things the world tells us to strive for is as long as you're happy. That's the main thing. Friends, in this life, This world's happiness, if you find it, it won't last long and then you die. But God has a promise to every Craig and Joanne and Terry that is out there. God says to everyone who trusts in his son, if that's you, then God is saying to you this morning, there is coming a day when I will make a new earth And I will live there with you. I'll wipe away every tear from your eyes. No one will ever die again. No one will ever cry or be in pain. All the troubles of this life will be gone. And they will be replaced with a a happiness, an eternal joy, a contentment that will last forever, a relationship with God that meets your every need. You will live among a people whose only thought is love. You will never be afraid again. 
You will never be insecure again. You will never worry again. You'll never be burdened ever again. A life completely free to enjoy the goodness and kindness of the Lord God Almighty. Craig's depression will be gone. That awful fog that clouded his mind will be lifted from him. And he'll know that he's not worthless because he'll be living with the very Lord Jesus who died for him so that he could be there with him. Joanne's pain will be gone. Her miserable future of unending pain will be replaced with a future of never-ending joy. And Terry, he'll no longer feel that God's not there because he'll be looking at him face to face, in the loving presence of God himself as the Lord wipes away his tears. And so, brothers and sisters, don't settle for this world's happiness. Don't turn your back on Jesus because, you know, you being happy, that's the main thing. Knowing Christ and the hope of his kingdom, that's the main thing. And so in your hurt, in your pain, as you're being persecuted, when you feel like God's not there, in the midst of all the sadness of this life, don't reach for the world's instant happiness because only Christ and his kingdom of happiness will last into eternity. And so trust in him and live for him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are kind and gracious. We thank you that you only ever have our best interests at heart. Thank you that you would not even spare your son. And so, Father, we pray that we might not settle just for our own instant happiness, but that we might find the delight and the joy that is found in simply knowing Christ and in the certainty of eternal life. Father, fill our hearts with joy that we might trust you and love you and live for you in all things. Father, please give us the strength to be able to live for your Son. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.